Okay, I've decided to make this the shortest intro possible. It's gonna go really well. Hey, welcome to another episode of Anna Gary Knows Everything. I'm Anna McGarry, your host. This is another episode of the show that I just named. Oh, I was gonna try to do a quick intro and I, I'm panicking. Um, this week, I'm joined by my amazing friend, Malachi Rosen. We talk about the absolute state of the union, that's a song, by The Narcissist Cookbook, which is a band that's just one guy named Matt Johnston. It's really good. It's political. Um, we talk, it, the beginning of the song is about, um, like, statues of white supremacists and how those suck, and, like, his personal journey through politics, and, like, Winston Churchill and how he sucks, and a bunch more. And listen to the episode, um, Malachi's the best. Good night, goodbye. Oh, and while we're here, here's a little taste of the song. years, a statue of Edward Colston stood in the centre of Bristol. Three decades of attempts to have it removed through official channels resulted in humming and hawing and hand-wringing and ultimately dead ends. In 2014, a poll of locals found that 56% of people wanted it to stay. When the system for maintaining our shared public spaces fails, and a monument to a proud slave trader is allowed to stand in the centre of a town getting older and grander by the year, sinking its rotten roots deeper and deeper into the ground. The people, I would argue, have a right, even a moral duty, to tear it down and to roll it without fanfare into the nearest fucking river. I just gotta get up at like 5am. A lot of oh. the things. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're hanging in there, doing doing as good as we can. And that that's all that can be asked. <laughs> that's all we can hope for. Doing all I can right this second, and that's all I can give you. <laughs> exactly. Huh. I really like this song. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you do. Yeah, I first listened to it on like one day when I was going to work. Mm-hmm. It was like. 6 a.m. maybe and I was like a lot of energy for 6 a.m. but okay <laughs> it, it, it really is it's a lot of energy to listen to like just mm-hmm. because he's so energetic but it's also a lot of energy because it's a lot of mental energy <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a lot coming at you because you got the strong guitar it's a little a little shouty and then just the facts of the case he's like hey let's talk about this stuff and you're like these are complicated issues <laughs> these, uh, exactly these are complicated issues yeah, so I guess we'll just get into we'll get into it. So what we're talking about this week is the song "The Absolute State of the Union" by the Narcissist Cookbook, and it's good. <laughs> it's it's v good, big fan. So how how did this come into your life? Uh, my life, uh, I had heard another song of his um, mm-hmm. called "Love Stories" off of his album "The Eden Disorder." Um, and so I had I had heard of him in passing and seen a few of his things um, or not seen, but I guess like heard and found. And then I was with a friend of mine and we were driving around and she said, hey, I was listening to one of your playlists and I heard this guy, the narcissist cookbook. And I found another song of his that I think you're really going to like. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, hit me. Uh, and she and it was this song and she played it. And it's just the first time hearing it is just, it's so good and so much. And it just, it, it it's, it's truly brilliant. And I think it's very well done. And one of my new favorite things is to show it to people and just hear their first reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it is so much, but in a good way, I think. Yeah. No, I, when you sent me this 12 minute song, I was like, all right, let's, let's, yeah i always feel bad i'm always like hey this uh it's gonna take a bit but it's good you might need to take a chair for this one but exactly don't be standing for the whole 12 no one (laughs) you know i think i was on i was walking from my apartment to like the q train station and so that that, i was on my feet i was like oh here we go (laughs) it's a good walking pace though i guess Oh, yeah. It's a great energy to bring into your shift. <laughs> yeah, truly. It's really pumped up. Yeah, I think my initial reactions were... Well, first of all, I didn't know it was going to be such, like, a 
narrative like spoken thing because a lot of like 12 minute songs are just like complicated instrumentals and you're like okay all right (laughs) yeah um so that was exciting because i don't listen to a lot of music like this is like all his stuff like similarly um centered on the same like topics or like political and is it all like guitar and speaking Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 not superfluous for the sake of being superfluous um i think he he, you don't get bored i don't think Mm -hmm. which is always i would assume tough with a song that passes probably the five minute mark um (laughs) let alone the 12 minute mark but i i think yeah i think it, it really pulls you in um and his his other songs do as well, just because they have that quality of of storytelling. Uh-huh. Um, that they they pull you in, and I think it you don't realize how long you've been listening until it's over. Mm-hmm. But I, which I think is so cool. Yeah. So is it's just one guy? Mm-hmm. What's his name? His uh, real name. I pulled it up earlier. His real name is Matt Johnston. Well, that's boring. Okay. Yeah. Well, even on his on his his Facebook like description things, he doesn't even have like an actual website. He has like Facebook, um, Spotify, and then his like link to his website, quote unquote, on Facebook is his Bandcamp. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but on the bottom of his Facebook thing, it says the Narcissist Cookbook is a stage name of mudslinger song wrecker Matt Johnston because real names look ridiculous on T-shirts. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. Yeah, no, this, I think this song works so well and can sustain this length because it does keep moving and building upon everything. It's not like I'm going to repeat the chorus nine times and then do one verse and then 30 more choruses to where you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Um, he really keeps going. And in like the YouTube video, version of it you sent me which is basically a lyric video that's not giving it enough credit it's cooler than that um it is i i i thought the same thing because i was like this is i when i found it i was like oh is this just a lyric video Mm -hmm. but the way he goes through it like he has his like own internal thoughts on what he's saying which are already very internal thoughts um and then he has all of the like uh footnotes and um like citations and stuff yeah and i i thought the breaking it down into like parts one through four giving them all a title and then a little epilogue was a very effective and that is something i will like have with me and on future lessons to be like oh yes this is the next part yeah. and then that part kind of ends then we move on to something else because mm-hmm. the only real like chorus i guess would say is that guitar riff that he does yeah just not only just drives but it it repeats but not not in an in a an annoying way like i think it it just it's so energetic and driving that you don't get bored of it um even yeah. though it does come back through but it 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 really is just like a driving train of the song yeah and like that really supports the energy and the passion he has and what he's saying yeah because, like, when someone, like, is earnest about what they're talking about and they're saying important things, you generally want to listen, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess, um, let's go, like, part by part and talk about some of the stuff he's talking about. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, part one, a complicated issue. Um, he's British. So, we, we, we got the statue of a slave trader, Edward Colston. Um... And, like, over the summer, protesters were like, uh, fuck this guy, we're taking the statue down and throwing it in the river. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the, and I, I remember seeing a video of it before I knew all of what was happening. I was just, like, one of those, it's, this is gonna sound so silly, but it was, like, one of those, like, Snapchat news things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, flicking through it, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's wild. But, like, right on. Like, hell yeah. 
Yeah, basically every statue. I mean, get rid of them. Get rid of them all. Take like, them down. Take them down. Take them down. <laughs> um, so throughout the song, he's engaging with, like, his personal views on the issue. Um, what, like, protests are saying. What, like, the public is saying. Um, and just, like, the different sides of everything, which I think is cool. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it isn't one-sided. He, no. he shows you his point of view and things like that, but he uses other, like, reference points. Um, so even, I mean, in the, in the first bit, uh, he mentions the democratically elected council and the majority of the city, because mm-hmm. they didn't want to take it down. Yeah. But but he did, or not him necessarily, but him and and other protesters and and things like that wanted to take him take take him down. Yeah, and they did, which was awesome. And that, <laughs> like, and that's just such a clear him saying like the democratically elected council. And I was like, ugh, just because some just because things are democracy doesn't make it good. Not the majority of people can be wrong. In this case, they were. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it, it's yeah. Yeah, and I really liked um, when he brought up, like, the government, the people in power saying, like, no, no, racism is a thing of the past. And he's like, okay, but we have a statue up of a professional racist, like, slave trader. So make that add up. Yeah, he's like, all right, if you want to say it's a thing of the the past, give me, like, one valid reason why this man should be standing in the middle of downtown still. Yeah. It's, there aren't any reasons, <laughs> and that's it. Not at all, not at all. Yeah, and yeah. I think one of the lines that always, I mean, there are so many lines in this that are just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of, I mean, if, if we're going to work work our way through, one of the first few ones is, um, it took me way too long to figure, figure out that equality and fairness do not always equate to treating everybody exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where you were like, damn, yeah, you right. <laughs> Yeah, it's that makes me think about like libertarians mm-hmm. and how, how they like don't fucking get it. <laughs> they're like, no, no, just everyone needs to be left alone and everything would be fine. And I'm like, you assume there's a level playing field that we all have the same opportunities and are coming from the same place, and that's not true. Yeah, it it so, an unfortunate no. truth. Yeah, like I wish we lived in the world you lived in, yeah. where like. No, it's it really is a meritocracy. If you just work hard, you get it. Like we don't need all this government intervention. And you're like, oh my god. You're like, yeah, sure, buddy. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we go into part two, progressive liberal, um, which is more about his personal journey and like the, like I guess like political journey he's been on, how his worldview has changed as he's grown up. Mm-hmm. And, like, really just being very clear that it's not all about compromise. No. It's not, like, if we all work together, it'll be okay. Um, he's a great uh, example. I don't have the exact line in front of me. But he's like, um, no, if one group is trying to dismantle white supremacy and those institutions and another group is just working to oppose them... You can't compromise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on. I think I found it. Uh, why should okay. why should a group whose primary primary interest is disempowering white supremacists be forced to compromise with groups whose sole goal seems to impede that progress? Yeah, like you are on opposite ends of the spectrum. There is no compromise. No. Like I guess the compromise would be to do nothing, which is just allowing those same white supremacist institutions to exist. Which that's not a neutral action. No, it it, it is it is. An attempted neutral action, but it's inherently one-sided. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think something that's that I really like about this chunk, and I think is was something I didn't expect, but is is I think very well done. It's how he even acknowledges, like I once, like I did not always believe what I believed today, and I can mm-hmm. acknowledge that what I used to believe was wrong. Yeah, I like that he takes the time to kind of, like, call himself out and be like, look, I used to think some dumb shit, and I got to think that way because it was just a super privileged position to have. He's like, I'm some white guy, 
Like I never had to fight for my voice to be heard. So for me to think I'm the expert on all this stuff and to think I know better than the people who are actually protesting, that was ridiculous of me. That was stupid and terrible. And I like that he takes the time to do that and like be specific about what he means, but it doesn't feel like overly white fragility like i'm so sorry i didn't know yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah that was bad and now I'm yeah <laughs> no ab- absolutely because yeah. i mean it's one of those things where you can you can tell and it's something that i feel like almost everyone goes through as you go through your your teen years and into your 20s and stuff where you kind of believe what you've been taught or absorbed mm-hmm. through media and your parents and family and 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 in political views and also i mean just in world views and things like that but you you hit a point i guess where it is that like teen punk rebellion quote unquote whatever Mm -hmm. where you start to question things and he he has that moment where he's like yeah i i realized that i was for and not helping some pretty fucked up things yeah and to like all under the guise of being like progressive and liberal and a punk and being like no i'm different i'm cool but you're still upholding like the same bad institutions Mm -hmm. so those two things don't work and that's something we see all the time like there's so many like woke liberals baby who are like no like everything's fine if we all just got along yeah it's yeah that's not no. like it's it's not the senate putting like a fist up and being like yes we're with you and then not doing exactly. anything like that's not exactly. what it is that's like peak like white liberalism just like no i get it but then you don't yeah. do anything it's it's the the frustrating like i see you and i'm here for you and like i back you and then that's it that's the end of any motion mhm it's just it's a very shallow understanding of the issue even because just be like oh no like maybe we're talking about the issue of the police um just be like oh we need more body cams and that'll solve it and you're like "Mm, we tried that and it didn't work they turn them off no cops ever get prosecuted for murder even though they should (laughs) yeah something something doesn't add up yeah, like no, we did your plan, and it did. Nothing, yeah, it did not so. work. Or they're like, there, it's just a few bad eggs. It's like, okay, well, you can't have a few bad eggs in this fee in that field. <laughs> like, yeah, because people yeah. die. A lot of people die. Yeah, and it's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole. That's another episode um, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because he says, like, it's incredibly privileged of me to say, uh, like, quote, there's never an excuse for violence or taking the law into your own hands. Yeah, it's because people always fucking listen to you. You've never yeah. had to. The thing is, young man who would um, tell you with a straight face, there's never an excuse for violence or taking things in your own hands, did not realize at the time that that attitude came from a position of, from a position of never having so much as race's voice to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think... Not ever, not enough no. people get that. They're so focused on, like, how to protest the right way. And you're like, oh, my God. Because it's just putting the onus, it's putting the labor on the people who are already abused by the system, who are already being yeah. murdered. Like, it's not yeah. their job to do this. But they have to because we won't stop killing them because the system is meant to destroy yeah. them. Like you can't put more no. work on their hands, and people do, and they're like, "I just don't think you should destroy a business." And you're like, "Fuck a target!" Yeah, fuck Who a cares? target. Literally, like you can replace a TV from a target that someone steals, but you can't bring someone back who's yeah. been murdered. Yeah, and it's just yeah. so telling about you and your morals and your just values if you care more about like any material possession or like destruction of property than destruction of yeah. human life <laughs> it's it's like the uh the line he has here um 
It's a roundabout way of saying I support your right to protest up to the point at which I become unable, which I become unable to ignore it. Which, going further, is a roundabout way of saying I don't respect your right to protest at all. No, I wrote the exact same one down. That it's such a good moment because that he he really and it's such one of the 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 few crescendo moments of the song where he builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and he has that moment where right after he says that line. He just like stops for a minute, and then he has the chunk um, where he's like, "I need, I need to get a fucking drink." <laughs> I'm getting way too wrapped up in the peaceful protest <laughs> debate, which I did not intend to. Like he, he, he just goes and goes and goes, and he even just like finds moments where he like realizes he's going too fast for his own sanity and self of the song, and it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta back up for a second. I gotta back up. Yeah, and even in that moment, he's like, oh, I'm getting really wrapped up in this peaceful protest debate, which is, like, an important conversation to have and something that a lot of people are saying some dumb shit about. Um, But that still is kind of derailing and getting you away from the actual issue of all the institutional racism and the legal racism and And all that. Because it's like, no, no, let's make it the black yeah, people's fault literally. again. And it, it's something that I think even he realizes, like, in the, because it is something worth, yeah. worth, not worse, worth protesting and debating. Um, and he, he, I mean, he definitely knows it, but he also knows, like, I can't go too far down this rabbit hole because it's going to take away from, like, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He's made his case. He's made his point. It's time to move on to some like fuck oh my god it's so good it's so good and it it comes not necessarily at a left field um but it just it oh it's so well done i will i when he says end quote that was winston churchill i literally was just like Mm -hmm. oh damn like it's just such a powerful moment yeah okay so we've so we've entered part three the greatest britain and then he like starts us off with this long just wildly racist quote basically like no like white people are right it's our duty like we're stronger and better for stealing land from people and murdering them that makes us good they were weak so we deserved to kill them yeah they they had not the right nor had they the power like fucked mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's this it's this long like well thought out specific like it's not just an offhanded quote or anything like it is something that is just like this quote what this person was saying meant what they were saying knew what they were saying it was deliberate and he doesn't say who it's from until the end of the quote and then just drops there's there's a slight pause there's like a rest in the drive mm-hmm. of that guitar where he he says end quote and then just drops that was winston churchill and it's just oh my god yeah oh goodness like it's such a strong quote because mm. it's a paragraph like this was not mm-hmm. an offhand comment this man no. was not mincing words he knew what he was saying this was not his first go around of rolling out these principles which Um, i mean sorry you can go first i was was just gonna say i like don't know a lot about winston churchill um like my little american history education has been by american history i mean i live in america so that's the education i got um but we only talk about america i don't know enough about other places and history is hard because it's too often boring. And you're like, it doesn't have to be boring. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I mean, anyway. I was going to, I was basically <laughs> saying very similar things is that, I mean, that kind of rhetoric coming from Churchill in, in the UK and things like that might be, no, I don't want to necessarily say a well-known fact, but I mean, it could be. But the fact that Churchill mm-hmm. was a, a racist, white supremacist douche, I mean, we Americans don't know, but I don't. I don't know if that's a well-known thing in Britain. That like the same way that yeah. like yes, uh, the same guy who wrote the Declaration of Independence owned slaves. Like we know that we know Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner, so they might know Winston mm-hmm. Churchill. It was uh, the worst. Tm the worst. 
Yeah, but also he continues and he's like, yeah, no, we voted that Winston Churchill was the greatest ever, ever, ever. I think in between those things, he like continues. It's because I I think I've heard like, yeah, Winston Churchill was racist, which is really underselling it. Especially once he he brings in these quotes, um, which is is great because in the in the, the music video, he he cites them like he shows where they're from and things like that, which I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's something you don't get just by listening because you can tell where he's saying like mm-hmm. quotes, like you or in words and quotes, like you can understand through listening where he's saying these things, but you don't necessarily know where they're coming from or like in what context. But he he lays them out in the in the music video in that sense, but even in the song, you can still get mm-hmm. the the full the full effect especially when he has the quote from um the secretary for india Churchill's secretary for uh-huh. india uh his own secretary of state for india described his attitude as quote not quite or he doesn't say quote but not quite sane and that he couldn't see much difference between churchill's outlook and hitler's yeah and like the outlook in question we're talking about is well, first of mm-hmm. all, all the racism uh, from Churchill, him only valuing uh, white British people as actual people and thinking that just by that, they have merit to destroy everything in their wake. Um, and also his action of diverting food from uh, starving Indians in the middle of the war to just send it to, pe- to British troops who were fine. They had enough food. They had the stockpiles and yeah. letting millions of people die. Yeah, that's not something. No, and, you and do it's lightly. one of those things where you're like, oh my. And again, it could play into the like, people in Britain might know this more than we do and things like that. But still, that, that is mm-hmm. huge. That is uh, obscene. And then it just. The fact that they like elected him as Britain's greatest Britain, mm-hmm. and people know all of that. Like some pe- like people, because he even mentions later, I don't mean to jump around, but he mentions later, like, that um, when talk of removing his statue was brought up, his defenders had the gall to say, nobody is 100% pure, as if wasn't a literal white supremacist is an unrealistic benchmark to hold our heroes to. Yeah, I think that, that phrase is so perfect, because that's, like, always the pushback you get. People are always like, that's just what about is i'm like well what about george washington should we get rid of his statues too and you're like i mean yeah like what about thomas jefferson and you're like yeah Yeah. he was bad also like you can acknowledge if you can sit and acknowledge (laughs) someone's good deeds and like you can't glorify someone specifically on the good things they did like yes the founding fathers of the country did good things they did great things we wouldn't be here without them but there is always the other side of the coin <laughs> yeah and but when we say they did great things we mean they did exactly. great things for exactly. white men with money so and because those are the people writing our history and putting up statues like, yeah it's it's great there? things yeah. with an asterisk and then <laughs> underneath yeah it, it, it always it just always goes back to straight straight cis white heterosexual white men and i just like that quote as if wasn't a literal white supremacist is an unrealistic benchmark to hold our heroes Mm. to i think that is so strong because it's not just but they were racist because bad obviously especially when you are in power running a country like that has implications and people get hurt and die because of your actions or inaction um but he calls him what he is, which is a white supremacist. So you're like, oh, now we're serious. And just kind of the mocking tone, like, oh, is that too hard? Really? And for him to say, to hold our heroes to. Because you're like, yeah, these, by putting up statues, that's that's what we're doing. We're yeah. saying, no, this person is a hero. And, and it's just... I'm, I'm, like, literally trying so hard not to completely go down the the rabbit hole of all of these issues <laughs> i keep it like the song the song yeah <laughs> but it's it's oh my god but that's also the that's 
also us getting heated and wanting to go down that road and do a whole five hour episode is exactly what he's trying to do with this song. He's trying to get people to think and analyze in just anything. (laughs) And I think he does it so well. Yeah, it's a very good, I feel like entry point is not the perfect phrase, but like entry point to these issues. He just lays it out very clearly. This is what some people are saying. This is why they're stupid idiots and like pro-racism apparently, because that's what their actions are doing. Um, And almost like providing good talking points for when racist people or just general uninformed shitheads are like, but yeah he's like hey literally (laughs) and and the 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 last chunk of the song he he just pulls this the the like the shift when he he goes from churchill to then using churchill as the example which i think is such a good example Mm -hmm. um and i can only imagine that in britain and in the uk that 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 is such a uh, even stronger example because even over here we know like oh winston churchill was I mean, he was Britain's FDR, you know what I mean? Like, he helped them through the war and mm-hmm. did things to help them and help end the war. And, like, yes, those are good things, but also there's terrible things. But it, to use someone that is so, such a touchstone in British history and culture is, it's just such a good move, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um yeah. But then just because he, he keeps going um, where yeah, they talk about, t- he talks about taking the statue down uh, because for decades upon deck quote uh, upon deck, because for decades upon decades, the response to criticism of this fucking Cretan who is voted as our country to be the greatest Britain was to be told with a patronizing pat on the head that to take his statue down would risk us forgetting our history as if the records of the British Empire's atrocities weren't bundled into crates at the Empire's end and sent to the bottom of the sea. That it would be akin to photoshopping out our blemishes. And it's just... Damn. (laughs) Yeah, like, when people are like, oh, but we need the statues, we can't forget our history. Yeah, it's because of all the Confederate statues. that One. When people were saying, like, we couldn't take down statues of Robert E. Lee. Because he was he was a, a great general and he did all these great things and he you know he led the Confederacy and you're like yeah but what what was the Confederacy for and they're like oh states rights and you're like yeah states rights to what um, <laughs> um <laughs> you know and you're like yeah slavery yeah and they're like no I know to say we need statues because they we can't forget our history like one that implies people are doing a walking tour of the statues in their town yeah. and that's the only way to get information and it's not yeah and if we're trying not I'll to forget you. our history where, where's the where's the statue of hitler reminding us that genocide is bad to presume that like this is i guess a specifically like american my education perspective to assume that i ever even learned oh, the real yeah. history i didn't I learned a super, like, colonized, whitewashed, tidy little version that said that slavery was over um, with, like, the 13th Amendment, and that was it. Racism ended in 1964, because the Supreme Court said so, and nothing bad ever happened again. Like, that is the history I learned, and that's yeah. not true. And None it's of that just... is true. <laughs> I mean, it, it again leads down another thing of like, why is our educational system like this when you can't teach people such a one-sided one view that is so tainted by the like white colonized view of history? If, if we're not going to forget our history, then why aren't we teaching all of that? <laughs> like the actual history. history. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Like, it's taken me going out of my way to start to learn the actual history of the country I have lived in my entire life. That sucks that my education, um, (laughs) my, like, 13 years of public school education didn't do it. It sucks that my four-year liberal arts degree didn't do it either. It started to do it a little bit. Also, I apologize. My dad is playing music in the other room, and I don't know if you can hear it or not. 
over here at least. And I wanted to clarify <laughs> that if there was club music in the background, it was not me being like, yeah, let's shit on Churchill. Let's bump this. Yeah, I be I'm very not clear. clubbing. I'm I not could be clubbing right like now. that is it is something to club over club over. But <laughs> alas, I'm not clubbing in my room. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, yes, I just derailed the entire <laughs> thought process of so both like, of us. But I wanted to point that out real quick. <laughs> just on the off chance you're like we're discussing this, it. and in my like through the speakers, you're just like I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, is Malachi black? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Is he doing shots? Every time we mention Churchill, I knock one back. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, so it's inexcusable that my education didn't prepare me for this. But, and like, I, it's stupid of me to, I don't know if it's stupid. Like, it's ridiculous that I'm at, I'm 22 yeah. and I don't know the history of my country. That's not good. That it is up to me to figure it out. And, like, I'm a smart kid. I can discern sources. I, I know what real news and information looks like and people who can use it. I know how to find reliable sources. So I can do that. I'm up for it. I'm working on giving myself that education. Yeah, I shouldn't exactly. Have had, I shouldn't have had to do my, this for myself. Being from Massachusetts in my countless years of revolutionary war history <laughs> yeah oh my god this man is from all we literally it's like every figure. year we just <laughs> recover the revolutionary war and that's it that's like six months and then we do uh -huh. from like the civil war to i feel like i didn't get to like world war one and world war two until i was like a junior in high school and then even then we like it's always like <laughs> yeah literally finals week and they're like oh by the way 9-11 happened and we're like ah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't know like the latest point i got to in any of my history classes like i know we did like a piss poor job talking about the civil rights movement yeah. and being like martin luther king did it right and you're like and not even fully knowing about martin luther king i didn't learn anything Ugh. about uh malcolm x till i, I got to cool college dude. i was like what's wrong <laughs> sad yeah yeah, no, my like early edu education on civil rights was Martin Luther King is a god. He did everything right because he's a good Christian it man, and he said nonviolence. And Malcolm X did it wrong. Yeah, even if that wasn't said, that was like the implicit. Read. Yeah, he was the, like, the he said violence was the anti Martin Luther King. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy to yeah, boil exactly. him down. They just went about it in different ways, things. and both honestly were justified. Yeah. <laughs> And I hate that that was force-fed to me at such a young age to be like, peaceful pro protests are the only way. Like, don't stoop to their level. And you're like, um, no, people are being murdered in the streets. And, like, it's essentially legal. People, like, cops get away with killing people all the time. Like, the prison industrial complex, that's legal. That doesn't mean it's right. Like, we're allowed to, like, get violent, to do some property damage, to, like, kick a cop in the chin and, and even Those in the in warranted. the song he like mentions that this is like going this is going back because he talks about like when he was younger and things like that uh trying in vain to piece together a coherent euclidean worldview that looks the same from every angle da, da, da. Then he's talking about morality then he goes blah 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 fucking undergraduate entry-level bullshit um, and to hear myself today argue mm -hmm. that property damage and vigilante justice can be perfectly acceptable means to achieve particular ends and are, in fact, sometimes the only way to get justice in a system as fucked up as ours is goes against everything I used to believe in. And it just is like, reminds me of like the, just this amazing Audre Lorde quote, like the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Like, you can't just be like, no, take it to court, then you'll get justice. And you're like, no, the, the justice system is also part of the problem. So I can't just be like, hey, this racism, like, the institutional yeah, no, racism, they go, ah, institution, neat. they don't care. And you're like, great, thank you. Thank you so much for your help. I just had someone, specific can I be, I just had a grown man... Uh, oh, Jesus. talking to me about Columbus Day. 
and he he was he was pro Columbus Day, and I was like, "What's wrong with you?" Um, yeah, guys, did you see that video of the like some of that Italian guy like yelling at a Columbus statue? And me and my this was at work. Me and my coworker were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, how Columbus is dog shit, and we should get rid of him." He's like, "No, no." He says, "No, no, no," no, no. and it's that immediate moment of like, "Oh no." I know time slowed down. I was like, "Stop!" You should have just said yes, sir. Um, (laughs) He gave you an opportunity. Um, No, no, no. Um, saying like we should all be thanking Columbus because if he never came here, we'd all be wearing loincloths and living in tents. I was like, "Oh, you're so racist." Oh my god, that's so bad. And I'm like, "So why do you think, like, what?" What is wrong about Native American culture? Nothing. Like, how is our system that we have it's right not. now it's simply inherently not. better? It's not. Just a bunch of white people being like, nah, nah, but we oh have my... the market, the stuff, the Dow no. Jones. And even like, that, like, even, uh, even good old number 45, President Trump's, like, big thing. This is the only thing I'm going to say about that man. <laughs> Because I cannot, I do not have the bandwidth, nor do we have the time. Um, but his like whole is like, oh, the market, the market, the stock market, and it's like, yeah, numbers can look great, and the numbers <laughs> recently, like I don't, I don't want to say this, and then like it's not true, but like I within the past pandemic months, the num the stock market went up at one point, and he was like, oh, we're doing great, everything is great, and it's like, sir. Do you know how many people are out of work and, like, can't afford rent and are dying? And you are like, the numbers, they're great. Like, even the stock market doesn't reflect how people in the country are doing. There are numbers that can reflect that, like, unemployment, like, the wage gap, like, wage disparity in this country, how much CEOs make versus how much the minimum wage employees make. And those are the numbers that nobody actually who can do anything wants to talk about. But no. The stocks, and you're like, I don't care about risk <laughs> Rich people feelings. feelings. That's what the market is to me. Yeah, no, truly. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> and see, the thing is, not an altogether bad guy. I guess that's just because I'm like a little like cute white girl employee. He has no fucking problems with me. Um, but even in like, oh, you know, he's cool. He's always been nice to me. No, so yeah. much couched racism. <laughs> Because that's that's the system we're all brought up in, and if we don't actively work to unpack it and dismantle it within ourselves and the world around yeah. us, and it stays there, and then you're just racist. It's so frustrating, and head banging against the wall, <laughs> and it's just all, like, everything is so disproportionate in our society and systems and... Because like even even like yes, I during this pandemic have been like relatively fine. Yes, I'm busting my ass off to make money and pay loans, but like even I have it well. Like I'm in my parents' house and I don't have to pay rent right now, and it's like mm-hmm. all of it is just so frustrating. Our country's a mess, and it's ridiculous. Even even today, yeah, in my very white, um, affluent. Uh, seaside historic sailing town. There was a man outside holding a sign that was saying something about walking over the burnt bodies of leftist liberal corpses. And I was like, what is, what is happening? What? He's so polarized and why is this man doing this? Like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> Our entire country is a fucking mess. One of my things that's been really disheartening is being like, you know, the pandemic is going to get better. And then walking down, walking up and down Second Avenue on my way to and from my minimum wage job, and seeing people like a foot away from each other, just yeah. all eating at restaurants, just tables no, a please foot no. Apart. And like, I, no. I look, like you look at the graphs of no. of the states, and you like think back, like especially for us, like I feel like a touchdown for us is like March. Because it was like school ended, we got kicked out, everything was a mess, and everything yeah. was on fire. Our numbers are so much higher right now than they were then, and no one is saying anything. If it was bad enough in March to shut everything down, and now it's worse, 
Like, make it make sense. Oh, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's all just a fucking cash grab. Aren't open because they should be. It's because, like, one, they're big corporate babies and they're like, money, money, greed, greed, I need it. Or two, because they're a small business, the government didn't fucking help them because they're busy giving out small Kanye business West's loans got to, a like, small business the fucking name. NBA or whoever. All business loans yeah. to millionaires right and fucking left. So like, yeah. oh, this reminds me of like uh thing of like the third part of this song. He's like, let's talk about Oh my god, I forgot about that part. And reward in our oh society. Um, hmm. Dishonesty. Exploitation. That should be on our fucking money. Lack of empathy. Pathological lack of empathy. Uh, be on our money. And God we trust. Pathological lack oh of empathy. God, yeah. That's like Ask yourself what personal qualities do we encourage in the society? And I don't mean what do we teach our children to share and be kind and to respect authority? I mean, what qualities do we actively reward in reality? The only way we can with power and money. And then he goes, dishonesty, exploitation, and above all, pathological lack of, lack of empathy. These are the traits our society fosters. We stop just short of selectively breeding them. It's very difficult to get any kind of power or money in this world without them. And the people who truly embody those values, the people most willing to lie or take advantage of others, are the ones who rise to the top by virtue of their willingness to seize and protect that power by doing what others will not. They run our people who run our institutions, the people who plot our trajectories, they start our wars and they write our laws. And not coincidentally, those are the people whom we enshrine in history. Ugh. So well written. It just really greatly encompasses this big thing and just like societal trend, you know? Like, no, we all say honesty is a good quality, but if you actually look at it, like, who's in power? Yeah. Monsters. He has this ability to take like such big issues and like get it into a 12 minute song. Like, it's still 12 minutes, but, like, you get so much in that 12 minutes. Yeah. And just, it's so well written. It's so well thought out. But it, it doesn't feel stiff. Um, just the, something that I always love is the rhythm of the way he says these things and the way he speaks. And part of that is because he's a songwriter and he's brilliant. But also part of it is because he's... Um, He's British. Well, I guess he's he's Scottish, um, but which is a whole other thing because the fact that he's Scottish oh. and is writing about like the Brits, like how much how many times have the Brits wronged the Scots? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. just countless times. It's just such another added layer of all of it. <laughs> um, the 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 rhythm of it is 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 the way he speaks and his accent and things like that. But it's just it's so good and the, like that line. And then a line at the end where he he lists off um, a bunch of, of famous Britons um, as if Winston Churchill and Edward Coulson and Cecil Rhodes, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and he keeps going on. Uh, this bit of that chunk where he goes, we're all uniquely complicated men who represent the very best of what it means to be British. Like that chunk, for some reason, the way he does it and the bounce of it, it's just impeccable. <laughs> it's so good. And point your first instinct is to be like, no, that's not what being British is about. But if you look at it and the history of the country, of the empire, of the colonial empire, you're like, oh no, that is yeah. what being British is about. So like, no if, if you don't think that's what it means to be British, then why are these people? In which I guess you could are say, heroes. which brings us to the last chunk of his wrap up, whatever, where he... um talks about it he's i'm just gonna read a chunk uh if you refuse to take down these statues if you are truly not in the least bit ashamed of these men and what they stood for then you should ask yourself why that is and what that says about you and if the answer you get from your conscience is that these men deserve the symbolic power we have bestowed upon them then why not double down put busts of these great britons in every town center their portraits hanging over every shrinking dimly lit gray family dinner as we limp arthritically into our country's next chapter and he keeps going on so he says like stamp their names uh and the names of every wealthy descendant um and things like that um 
drives home that like, okay, fine. If these people who did a few good things and terrible things and many terrible things, if we're going to keep their statues up and all, if we're going to treat them as heroes, then like, fine, put them everywhere. There's a, like, that cannot be mentioned enough when he's talking about all the Churchill stuff and he's like guys remember this was not the unanimous opinion people were against Churchill and objected to mm-hmm. all this stuff he did while he was alive in the time of it because that's a very common excuse people use to write off the racism enslavement genocide whatever just no, be like no, oh, no. everyone was it, like it, that it, so it, it was isn't. fine and it's, which is not it true sucks that those things get on um, the rest of the people. There have been advocates and people in the right throughout all of history and to just pretend they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, one, you're using that to excuse terrible behavior and lies lost. And two, you're like, oh no, fuck those people who were trying no. to do the right thing and actively working for these good causes. They didn't matter. They didn't exist. Easier, easier with American history because that's the only history uh, that exists apparently. Where you go through and you're like, okay, uh, clearly, Salvation uh, Proclamation. That's when slavery ended. Uh, everything was great. Yep, and everything um, has changed after that. And then you, you you fast forward and you go, okay, so uh, when women got the right to vote, everything changed. And then the civil, or I guess we could go even like the JFK assassination, like. Everything changed. It, it, the country was doing great, and then JFK was assassinated, and then everything went to shit, and then we, we went into another war. Um, you know, Korea in Vietnam, that was like, oh, we were, we were trying to, uh, to help these countries from falling uh, into communism, because that's, that's, the, that's the good thing we had to do. And it's like, so many people died, and we did terrible things in those wars. And, and then the Civil, right, the Civil Rights Act, and everything, everything changed. Yes. And then... Uh, so you go, we'll go, we'll go 9-11, you know, everything changed and, and we, we, we eventually took out Osama bin Laden and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but we went to war on such a shitty blurry photo that George Bush was like, these are nukes. We have to go to war. And it, and it was like, like just, and they made money off of that war. And it was like, oh, we- no, the, the reason for the, like the reason for sending troops in, yeah. to the Middle East to, to and terrorism was for money. That's it. Why did we just invade the places that had oil? Yeah, and then literally, like, ruin these countries and put in sham like, governments. America always does. They get involved in some other government. They're like, no, we'll help, we'll help. It's like a blatant cash grab. Or even if it's under the guise of stopping a dictatorship or communism, it just ends up being for profit you put up like a fucking sham government that can't sustain itself because like it's so brazen for americans to be like i read the wikipedia article yeah, in afghanistan literally. i think i get it i'm gonna fix their problems tonight yeah there are just so many yeah, moments that's our foreign policy I, in I, our I, history I, where they say everything changed and just you you look back through the years and you're like wow literally nothing changed to say like slavery ended here at this date because that's what the law said as if as if one laws have anything to do with reality (laughs) or that laws and morality are the same thing because they're not like i just read Mm -hmm. uh, a really great book white rage by carol anderson um history book but like good um with like legal end of slavery up to the present day and I, I, I think most people know, yeah, everything wasn't perfect for Black people when slavery ended. We all know that. But to it took reading that book this summer to realize slavery wasn't even really over because Black people had no job prospects. Um, they changed the law to just start arresting Black people for any crime they could, like loitering. They're like, nope, go to prison, go to jail, whatever. Or not having a job. So then they have to take whatever they can get, which, uh uh-oh, is the same fucking work into contracts that are terrible because, of course, they are. And essentially, it's still slavery. Yeah. It's the same thing. Just for going on such a tirade of uh, 
song. Well, I guess song uh, encouraged no, and um, jump off, jump off point of. Right. Um, the song is mm-hmm. a great example of like good political art because it has substance. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like vote. Hashtag vote. Because you're like, yeah, vote hard eyes, but also. <laughs> Let's and it, it's the issues at hand and i think this does he it very well. he does it very well the song is very well done it's very well written it's very well performed um it's not written to be like hey here is this great political song i did and you all should listen to it and like it, it's not like if ariana grande was like hey i'm doing a song um to to support to support um black lives matter and things like that like no it was just this guy who has feelings about things and is very articulate and has a guitar and honest and and i it's not virtue signaling he's not like i'm the voice of our generation i'm going to end everything he does it to raise awareness but not in a annoying way or a like money grabbing way. Uh, Even when he is talking about himself and his journey, I it's about him, but the rest, he's like, no, mm-hmm. here's the research, here are the quotes, let's look at this, let's engage with these ideas. No. It's not, yeah. I'm so he, good. He's very analytical and self critical. Um, and in, in the other songs he, he writes, he's very analytical of himself and, and his feelings and thoughts and things like that and a lot of his songs are just very like deep dives into his own psyche i guess you could say um they Uh all have this kind of not vibe but they all have a similar um passion and excitement to them even if they're a very like calm song I think I just think mm-hmm. I really admire him in his work. Um, you know, he's not super popular and he's not trying to be super popular or try and be hip or trendy or indie or anything. Like he genuinely is just here are things that I want to write about and these are things I have to say and I'm putting them out into the world. If you like them, great and I appreciate you. And if not, like that's fine want to do with my art yeah. this is my way of getting and this out and yeah, i think that's truly just awesome <laughs> i will i will send you a few of his other songs if you're interested in listening to um listening totally. are interested uh his album moth is great uh i love broken people uh will you go is great too um um is, is a great song um it's just good good stuff he even he even has a song that he put out uh six months ago at this point but it says y'all shipped me with a gremlin boy based off of a twitter feed a twitter like chain <laughs> that happened oh. <laughs> or it, someone said like y'all shipped me with a gremlin boy and someone like tagged him and was like hey this sounds like a great song you should write it and he was like okay and then wrote a song Fun. great stuff um i think he's brilliant Another line I pick up or or didn't mm-hmm. didn't connect with or vi- like get until this listen or there's another like nuance that I pick up where it, it and part of that is because it's so long and just things like that but it, it is a song where you can keep listening to it and you will continuously be interested but it definitely is a song where you listen to it once. You're like, wow, that was a lot, but it was good. And you mm-hmm. go back and you're like, oh, wow, th- this guy's like actually like talking about some talking about some shit. And he and you, you break it down further and further and things like that. Um, and I know is, is a great way to kind of bridge that gap because <laughs> you can read it. Um, it's very wordy. Yeah. So it absolutely. helps to have that like written down verbatim as you yeah. listen. Um, I end up having uh, um art thing we want to shout out, promote. Um, and then if <laughs> I don't know if you want people to follow you on like Instagram, a, a you self, can. A I don't know. A plug. That always feels so stupid at, at the end, especially when we're talking about a um, topic. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll, it's uh, like plugging other people, I guess. Um, I mean, I'll, yeah, like if you want to follow me, sure. I'm, I'm not going to tell you to or plug it. But um, so obviously go listen to the Narcissist Cookbook. Big fan. Um, truly anyone yeah. who has graduated college this year. Um, <laughs> that's a friend plug, I guess. Truly just look at anyone, especially like from Marymount, just because I know truly everyone else in our year is so brilliantly talented and wonderful people and everyone's going through it right now and because unfortunately our industry is low-key dead for the time being uh checking out anyone who has graduated from either marymount or another performance school or anything like just try and find those people and give them a watch or look at their website or anything because we're all going through it together and everyone kind of needs some support and just seeing each other's work and things like that um admire and and kind of jam with and things like that you know uh there's this guy named olin rogers he is a youtuber who is doing a little bit more now he has a tv show that mm-hmm. he's doing it's called final space it's an animated show um but i've been doing his stuff since i was in middle school and basically he he started out doing like skits on youtube with his friends and they all went to school and he started doing different things and he tells a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, he does stories and sketches and skits and things like that. They're all with his friends and they're, they're just such good fun and they're so silly and brilliant and they're such a good pick-me-up if you're having a, a rough day and things like that. And he, he's just so wholesome. He's a, he's a Tennessee boy um, and he's, yes, he has a TV show mm-hmm. now, now, but as someone who has like followed that journey he he's worked his ass off and it's it's just truly one of those moments where like it's someone you see accomplish something and you're like oh you you fucking go like you you worked so hard and you deserve that and things like that and that again applies to Mm -hmm. all of my friends as well like everyone's working their asses off and stuff like that but um so he's always some cat and things like that um on the the socials and stuff his name is olin rogers um I don't know what I got I don't like no one my my little promo I'm gonna I'm I'm throwing a few out there um time recommend the podcast behind the bastards hosted researched by Robert Evans it's so good there's like two episodes out every week um he just goes it started with um original premise like i'm gonna take like this terrible person from history really do a deep dive and just like give you the actual facts the actual history and like really look at their life and everything um churchill there's definitely one about cecil rhodes who was mentioned in this song um so he has a very good uh i think it's a 10-part series called behind the police that's just in the like main feed of the podcast if you want an actual history and like breakdown of what american policing looks like um Good. I'm actually going to like re-listen soon because it's there's just so much information. <laughs> Robert Evans. Uh, I, uh, Women, Race, and Class by Angela Davis, which is super good. Um, and like into like women, white women getting the vote and looking at that time period, the early uh feminist movement (laughs) and how it intersected with race and class which was uh uh-oh not well (laughs) and the racist history of all that and just the vast majority of people involved it's it's very frustrating like to know that there were white guy politicians well those are the only politicians at this point white guy politicians um who were like oh yeah no um who were like, yeah, yeah, I support white women getting the vote, because they're like, no one's going to vote for this shit. And you're like, oh my god. And they were just doing it as a ploy to be like, look good in their favor, but also actively want people to not support it, or um, like advocating for black people, like linking those two together. Because you're like, oh, well, they're not going to support black people, and they're not going to support women, so if I just pair those together, this bill is going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Um, I was worried a a little and I was like oh no is this going to be like a really hard book to read just 
like as a reader is it going to be like two concept theory like is this not my best entry point um but I'm reading and like with those concerns to just like barge ahead because it is it's super well done so that's woman race and class by angela davis nice oh and the other book i mentioned was white rage by carol anderson i recommend slow burn mm-hmm. um there's Mm-hmm. a handful of seasons the only the only few seasons the one mm-hmm. i've listened to in its entirety or i've listened to two of them in their entirety i think there's a third one but the first one is about uh watergate and nixon a breakdown of like this is what happened this was who involved was involved um and they do that and they do, they do the the clinton scandal and i think the one i could be totally wrong about this but the one fairly recently i think was mm-hmm. or fairly recently is a loose term at this point was um the bush election the like bush gore kind of like recounts and all that stuff about the election yeah. for bush he paid for a, um give the song yeah. a listen it's great anyone if anyone can listen to the song and not see parallels between the uk and here figure out why and go through that because mm. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Going on and, and don't know a, a fun, reliable source, I would say, is go listen to John Oliver. He breaks things down very well. Um, yeah. Just kick that. Me too. I'm glad yeah. you've this artist now. He's awesome. And yeah, also just... Thank you so much, my guy.